speaking tonight to Lisa, who is a very talented cosplayer, among other things. Actually, what uh, what what the first thing when I discovered you, I thought this was really cool. But you had a mashup cosplay between Goku, I think it's Goku or someone from Dragon Ball Z, and then a stormtrooper. Yes, that was actually one of my very first mashups in cosplay. Well, that must have gotten a lot of attention. Is that that, or at least I don't know if it was blowing up somewhere. Someone shared it. That, that might have been it. <laughs> I'm probably going to assume that someone might have shared it. Not too sure. Maybe somewhere in there, probably you saw it thrown into the fray. <laughs> you don't think you're famous? Uh, no. Well, I can't say yes. I can't say no. I feel like people know of me. <laughs> okay, so you're, well, that's a cool chick who does cosplays. I don't know what her name is. I actually tried um, to find you, and I got so many other Lisa Robinsons. Oh, haha. It's just because of the fact that the first initial line on my profile is not Lisa Robinson. It's based off of a reference from uh, Ramoni, Ramoni Kenshin, um, basically the Batosai, the silent samurai or something rather. I haven't seen that anime in so long. I can't even remember as to whether or not it means the silent samurai. I don't know. <laughs> so you're based off of your, your like costly handles based off of an anime that you you don't even remember it was a long time ago good lord the the physical cosplay handle shogun steel actually comes from a beyblade series oh okay so you like beyblade i used to love beyblade in elementary i actually used to own one of the popular bit beasts but um and you know when i got a little older i had to get rid of it and stuff because i didn't find any interest in it the smaller part of me wishes i could get rid of it <laughs> Well, you know, now that you go to cons, I mean, I'm sure there's Beyblade tournaments or I don't know. Um, Beyblade fandoms. I, I feel like there's a Beyblade fandom somewhere. Um, I think I've been to a couple conventions where they have had the Beyblade tournaments here and there, but I never actually got a chance to go and see them. That's the downside. <laughs> All right. What got you wanting to cosplay in the first place? You know, back in 2013, it's just basically my love for the nerd stuff. The first cosplay that I did was Domino from the comic book Marvel Universe. She actually was a character that I kind of grew up off of with comic books and stuff. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I see these Comic-Con things. I might as well just try it out. So of course I got all of my supplies, went on Amazon, ordered all my things, went to costume shops and everything. Next thing I know, I end up at my first Comic-Con. How was that first con experience? The first con experience, it was nerve wracking at first because I didn't drive around the time. So I had to take transit down to where the con was happening. Getting everybody to, you know, stare at me and look at me. I even had heads turning, doing a double take. It was, it was nerve wracking at first, but of course um, I got there and I'm thinking to myself, okay, wow, this is awesome. So I'm walking around, not even five minutes later, I've got a photographer taking my picture. He's like, wait, hold the pose. And I'm like, what pose am I holding? And he's just like, that one. He took his picture and he's like, hey, here's my card. And I'm like, oh, I could get used to this. This is fine. And I kept going through the con, running into all the cosplayers. Some were even like, oh my God, you're Domino from Marvel Universe. Oh my God, and I'm Domino! Yeah, like, oh my God, Domino! And I'm like, yes. <laughs> 
and it, it was just nice to be a part of something so big and just seeing everybody you know just geek out wearing all these costumes you know yeah. fan fanboying over all these things it was the first time I've ever gotten to meet an actual celebrity um around that time I met Vivica A. Fox and Alfonso Ribeiro I did all my research and stuff so I had no idea that all of these celebrities came to where I was and I did not find it out until my first con. So I'm thinking to myself, all the years that this con has been going on, I could have met all of these people. Well, I know now, so I'm just going to keep going. I was basically saying to myself. So when it came to the end of the con, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I have a weekend pass. I'm just going to go the other three days and I'm going to have myself a good time. And it was from there that I started looking into different costumes, different conventions, even within the seven, eight years I've been cosplaying, even got to the point where I have traveled outside of Canada to go to probably two or three cons. Okay. So, and how is that the difference of environment to be from Canada to in the United States as far as cons and then so on and so forth? Well, a lot of the people who follow me on IG, I actually managed to meet quite a few of them when I went to the conventions. Um, in 2019, I went to three U.S. conventions. There was KatsuCon, DragonCon, which was my favorite one, oh my lord, and then NYCC. It's like when people find out that I'm a Canadian coming all the way from Canada to come and cosplay and just have a good time and just be with everybody, they're like, oh my god, you're Canadian? What's it like coming to the States? I'm like, uh, it's different. It's, it's a different experience. There's a lot more people at the conventions that's for sure um everyone so far from what i've seen when i run into them they're just as nice as they are when i first talk to them online the cosplays are phenomenal in the states it just blows my mind away that someone can have so much talent to pull something that they've drawn on paper and slap it into real life it really leaves me in awe to know that I know these type of people. It really puts me in shock to know that people are just so talented. It really does. <laughs> Do you ever get one of those people go, oh, you're from Canada. Okay, where's the, my uh, maple syrup and hockey sticks? Eh? I, I can't even count on both fingers and toes as to how many times I've gotten Canadian jokes. <laughs> um, it's like when people make those jokes with me, they know me as a person. I'm pretty much a jokester. Yeah. I know that I'm in a place for everything. So I know when someone's joking and I know when someone's not. I myself can take a joke easily. But a lot of people feel that just because I'm from Canada, they feel that I might get offended. And I'm looking at them like, no, I totally get the joke, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I never usually get offended when it comes to like Canadian jokes and stuff. Like the rumors go around that we Canadians live in igloos and ride our polar bears to work. That's the biggest one. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's just nothing but snow over there, and you're, you're drinking whiskey with Yogi Bear or, or whoever. Huh. Um, a whiskey is gross in my opinion. I don't ding anybody who drinks whiskey, but me, I tried it one time, did not like it. It snows for. I'm going to say half the year. 
no. for like a good six, seven months. And then it all of a sudden goes away. Surprisingly, we got snow, I think a little bit last weekend and then it melted away and then Monday came along and it was all sunny and I'm looking up and looking around. I'm like, I swear there was snow around here yesterday. (laughs) But um, now that it's getting a lot warmer, hopefully the snow goes away because it's nearly June. It is nearly June. (laughs) I would figure, and maybe not because I don't think anybody really saw this film. I I might be one of the only people who watch this but i was curious at one point looking for is there any film out there because i and other things besides interviewing diverse uh, cosplayers or other types of creatives musicians actors i also have a movie show and a gaming show where we talk about so the the geek stuff and revolving on those scenes and i have two lovely co-hosts on both respective shows Mm-hmm. But there was a time where I reviewed a documentary film, forgot the name of it, but it was about cosplayers mm-hmm. and using pretty much the cosplay scene in Canada. What freaked me out about that is it started, and I think it was cool, it started three different cosplayers and each of them sharing their own stories of why they cosplay and their, their personal life and all that. But yeah. I would then look online to check out these cosplayers and their account or their uh, cosplay handle accounts, they're gone. Like they no longer exist. Like either they delete them or something happened. It's almost like a weird ghost story. Like you hear about their weird tales as a cosplayer, only to actually look them up and find that they just disappeared somewhere. It's kind of spooky. I was like, okay, what's going on over there in Canada? I don't think everybody can. I don't know, man. That sounds sketchy. It's anime conventions too. (laughs) Like it's specifically. Anime conventions, I have to say, are by far a couple of my favorite type of conventions. Like you've got the mainstream ones where you have like the Avengers cosplays, Star-Lord, X, Y, and Z. Whereas for me, I like seeing the diverse costumes in terms of like anime and stuff. And even though it may be an anime-based convention, do you still see the occasional Star? Star-Lord or Deadpool there or even Spidey or whatever have you. Um, Excuse me. Over here, we have something called Odafest. So Odafest usually takes place May long weekend. Yeah, I've heard of it through that documentary. (laughs) So this is another instance where, of course, again, snow for six, seven months. Back in 2019, when I went to Odafest, it literally stopped snowing indefinitely on the last day of May long weekend, which was the Monday. And we're all looking up like, it's nearly June. So, <laughs> but um, I find that Odafest is one of my most favorite conventions to go to in terms of anime, just because of the fact that I am an anime person. So I like to see the anime costumes. I like to see the costume contests. I like to sometimes go to the panels, the showings of different anime and stuff. It's like a small world in one building. It's it's lovely to be around so many people who have the same interests as I do and not be judged for the fact that I am a really, really big nerd for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
I think that was kind of cool, though. Uh, I was just mentioning that because there's one person who, in that documentary, who is still out there. I, I uh, forgot the name. I think it's like Cosplayer Photography USA or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sells like cosplay prints. Or no, cosplay in America or cosplay something like that. Yeah. And he's still around. Like he goes to conventions here in Dallas, Texas. And I was like, you know, maybe one day I'll meet that guy. I'll be like, hey, what happened to those cosplayers that you filmed with? Uh, what did they, are they okay? <laughs> like, where are they? <laughs> I hope this is, oh, well, I, I don't, no, I, I don't want to think the worst things. Maybe they changed hobbies. I don't know. But that does kind of freak you out when you read about a documentary and then you go look up the people and they're like, uh, it's what true. <laughs> what's going on in Canada? I, I don't know. It's like um, one of the main reasons why I'm not cosplaying right now is because a I have my current life to focus on and everything. Like there's my work at the clinic. There's also a lot of the bodybuilding that I do and such. And there are just some times where I just come home just plain tired. And on top of that, second reason I'm not cosplaying is because as much as I do love the idea of a virtual convention, it's the feels for me. I I don't find it to be the same. I don't I don't judge the idea. I love the idea for cosplayers even to come together virtually and you know just have a good time with one another. But to be honest, me being a receptionist in a radiology clinic, it does get to be too much sometimes where I do just end up being tired most of the time. Hopefully once coronavirus is over and things are a lot better I can look into traveling to conventions again and I can also look into hey when's my next cosplay what celebrity should I go see sort of thing it's as much as I do love cosplay and it's basically like my heart and soul there are times where I do need to take a break from it as well does is that partially in and cause the reactions some or quite a few black cosplay cosplayers get online from cosplaying? Eh, not really. It's okay. just like, if if I could cosplay right now, oh man, I most definitely would. Like, there are probably like five cosplays I have ready night right now that I could probably wear to a convention. But it's like, with me being an essential worker and stuff, it takes up like 95% of my life. <laughs> so the other 5% that I get to relax, I try to relax. Like, let's put it this way. For me, I'm a very unapologetic person. I say what's on my mind. I I don't like to say I don't care for anyone's opinion, but my opinion comes first before anyone else has an opinion in my life. So the most that I can say is whether or not somebody has a reaction or a good or bad reaction to the fact that I may cosplay or the fact that I may not cosplay, that's a damn problem. <laughs> um, most of the times I get reactions online for being a person of color who cosplays and stuff. I have received a few negative reactions via DM because of it, because of the fact that the community I come from, they're not really a nerdy bunch. They're like the regular, you know, Black community who does their own thing and whatever, 
and whatnot. And of course, they see what I do and they basically say, hey, that's stuff for kids, X, Y, and Z. There was a part of me when I was younger that would kind of care about the fact that someone would say something so rash and so mean to me. But now me being who I am with all the life experience that I have accumulated so far, me choosing not to care just completely takes a weight off of me. That's what I try to tell new cosplayers who are, you know, coming into the light about something that they love, dressing up as some type of character from their favorite TV show or their favorite movie. You as a cosplayer coming into the cosplay community, you cannot care about what these lollygaggers have to say about it. It's something you love. It's something you enjoy. You cannot let the words of those ruin that for you. That's what I tell most cosplayers who ask me what cosplaying is like. Yeah, no, I I get it. I I think everybody has their own reaction to it. I mean, Mm -hmm. also to varying degrees, different platforms can feel worse for some people. And especially if you have a certain amount of following where you get so many messages and so many comments. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, I bet that's probably scary to think about. Or maybe not. Maybe you want that. Well, personally for me, I had Instagram way back when. But the reason why I got rid of it was because of a previous relationship. But that's another story for another time. The main reason why I got Instagram back in was because, you know, iPhones, you can clear off everything off of the phone and it'll still be like 95 percent of your space has been used x y and z so i'm thinking to myself okay i need a place to store my pictures so i'm thinking to myself let me just open up my instagram again so i opened it up casually continuously posted my cosplay stuff on there a few singing videos here a few bodybuilding pictures there next thing i know i'm nearly at 10k followers and i'm looking at my following and i'm like where the heck did you all come from so apparently my life is interesting to people so (laughs) because you're a very interesting person i mean you even have a post saying people who don't like anime are not real and should not be trusted not at all i (laughs) believe wholeheartedly it's like you don't like anime who sent you you heathen I just want to get as many enemies to my movie uh, podcast co-host uh, Justin as possible because he ha- he hates anime. He makes it upfront. Whatever oh. I talk about, I drive a goon crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Me and would literally have a logical banter back and forth. He would probably ask me something like, why do you watch it? I would say something in rebuttal. Well, this is what I grew up on, as well as comic books, manga, movies, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, me and him would go back and forth. (laughs) No, it it wouldn't even be that. I'll be like, no, I I get that's your thing. I'm just into good stuff. I was like... (laughs) Mother. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, I would have a good time, most definitely. No. I I like yeah. I like stuff for myself and for others who watch anime. Cause you know, a lot of people these days could be like, Oh, anime is for kids. You are a grown person. What are you doing watching cartoons? And I'd actually have to put my foot down, like, okay, first off, A, it's Japanese animation. And then I would go to B, C, and D and just make my points from there. But you know, I, I have a few valid points to 
on my account in regards to you know people's views and anime yeah no i i'm looking forward to my review of the demon slayer movie where i will review it in front of his face it, it will be wonderful yeah please please i would love to see his reaction oh no that that is going to happen because it comes on vod next i wasn't able to see in theaters you know, I, I'm just not ready for that yet. But yeah. I, I'm going to review it. I'm, I'm going to review it on the Pond Theater. And he is he's going to have a, a day with that. I remember because when we were watching Mortal Kombat, it was the Mortal Kombat movie that just came out. And me and my other co-host, Cody, we weren't crazy about it. We didn't think it was a very good movie. But hey, if you are obsessed hey. with Mortal Kombat, then w- whatever. But I, I gave it like an okay rating. But said it just... Watch it at home. It's on HBO Max. And Justin was like, yeah, but it's the one movie out in theaters. You got to get out of the house and go see a movie. Take your girlfriend with you to see Mortal Kombat. I mean, you you have no choice. And I just (laughs) slipped in the words Demon Slayer. And then he just had that reaction. Of course. Yeah. Um, For me... (laughs) Because of certain characters, did it get a 6 out of 10 for me? And that's just me being generous. I don't know who is actually going to watch this interview and who has not seen it, so I'm not going to give any spoilers, but it was a solid 6 out of 10 for me. I actually had a chat with some of the technologists who do ultrasound at my work and some of the radiologists, the doctors who have seen the Mortal Kombat movie at my workplace, and they agree as well. It's a solid six out of 10. There were aspects of the movie that I feel that could have a lot more and some aspects in the movie that should not have even gone into the movie in the first place. So it's just because when it comes to movies from either an anime or a game being brought to the big screen, I'm a very intricate person, especially when I know the timeline of the movie, which characters are in the movie and the video game as well. Well, it's it's it was a very iffy scenario for me just because of the fact that Mortal Kombat is one of the games that I grew up on as a yeah. kid. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, let me give this a fair chance. Unlike Death Note, that movie was trash, the live action version. Uh, Dragon oh, Ball. Fine. There's actually there's the Japanese one and then the American. Yeah. Yes. Dragon Ball Evolution. I could trailer. Lord have mercy. I I saw the movie in theaters. Did you? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was a piece of garbage. Thank you. Oh, God. I bet you want your 20 bucks and your popcorn back, man. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it was a family time we saw, but yeah, when I I watched it in theater, I was like, what the heck is this? Even at a time where before I started feeling just a lot, not even like critical, critical. I wasn't like, man, I love every single movie I watch, like some of my friends do, and that, that's perfectly fine. But with, with Mortal Kombat, I'm not even like a big fan of it, so I, I was going like, okay, what what isn't there for me? And watching it just felt like, hey, remember this character, remember this thing, and and some people love that. Yeah. They love, oh my gosh, I, I grew up with the, that character and and those combo moves and he said get over here i don't care about that i don't really want nostalgic references i want a movie 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, fighting in the movie was pretty good. I'll give them that. I will give in them certain that. parts. I feel like I mean, yeah, yeah. I I didn't hate it, but I mean, it, it's they're gonna have a sequel. I think a sequel, but the movie that that's that's what I'm gonna piss off uh, Justin even more because he was like, the, oh man, Mortal Kombat's the only movie in theaters. Meanwhile, Demon Slayer that movie eclipsed. Mortal Kombat the second weekend and I, I'm yeah. gonna rub that in his face no I, I love Justin he's cool but he, you know we have different things the documentary I mentioned earlier by the way it's called My Other Me a film about cosplay so for those who want to dive into the mystery of the three missing cosplayers and, and maybe start a, an investigation see see where they went then there's your start <laughs> Yes. <laughs> on Amazon. Yeah. You you might it might be good. You I mean it might give you some interesting aspects about the cosplay scene or at least the mystery. I mean, you probably like or maybe you like detective stories. Um detective stories, depending on what they are, I pretty much have a keen like for them. I do. Or, or really this isn't a detective story, it's just a documentary about three young cosplayers. But there's a detective story outside of that because when you try to figure out where they're like try to follow them up, it's like okay, they're gone. So I, yeah, that that's the mystery. I like still to this day, I want to solve this mystery. I want to go to Fan Expo, meet the what is the cosplay in America, and, and actually ask them a question. It'll be like, get get away from me! I don't know you. Just... Exactly. <laughs> Now, there's one other big thing when people look at your cosplay page. By the way, you have a pretty good follow. I mean, I'm not saying pretty good, like I'm judging how many followers based on it. No, that obviously having fun and enjoying yourself is most important. But you have gained a following. Like you do have quite a few people looking at your posts, which is cool. Does that encourage you to get, well, I'm not saying like for fame or anything, but the fact that there are people geeking out online or and maybe some people like, yeah, I want see you at a con yeah i have people up till this day saying i want to meet you at a con and take pictures and party with you in x y and z because i want to go to chuck e cheese and (laughs) well yeah i've had people even up till like probably recently say when covid is over i want to run into you at a con because okay let let me stop you right there covid's not going to be over you you... no, we we all know that covid is most definitely not going to be over anytime soon um but i am going to find myself at a convention one day very soon hopefully um i know with me working in the essential worker business i obviously have to be very cautious about that because i don't want to of course catch something and then bring it to my co-workers at work or my family at home so that's one of the main reasons why when cons open back up i don't want to go right away i want to go when i know that things are a lot safer but when that time does come i will most likely run into three or four of the people who have said i want to run into you at a gun you know it's just because of the fact that i am a fun loving person whoever i run into at a convention i want to make them feel welcome at the convention i want to make them feel comfortable like they can be around me a lot of people think that i am a very intimidating person until they hear hi how are you and they're just like what at the same time so the key to cosplay especially when you're cosplay 
cosplaying around people is to be comfortable. You are in your own element. You are dressed as your favorite character. You are stepping out of the world of all seriousness and you are stepping into a world where you can be yourself around people. Why the do downs- people find you intimidating? No, it's because, for example, I tell the girls at work all the time, especially the newbies, wait until 10 o'clock, wait until I've had my coffee, then we can talk all you want. I am not a morning person, especially okay. if I'm going to convention before 10 a.m. <laughs> people have to wait until 10 a.m. so I can defrost my brain and function in human society. <laughs> but I think it's just because of the fact that I carry myself pretty well. Mm. And it's also because of the fact that I am also not a morning person. That's why I can come off very scary sometimes. A lot of people make the assumption that I am a very mean Black lady who, you know, just yells and curses at people. It's the aura that I give off towards people that, whereas they come to me saying, you're very intimidating. And I'm like, really? Yeah, you should say, well, you're very racist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, a lot of people think that I'm the mean Black lady, especially at my workplace. But it's like when they get to know me, I'm known as um, one of the jokesters at my workplace. So there is a time and place for everything. But to make people feel comfortable around me, I at least show a little bit of that comforting side of myself so they don't feel like they can be like, oh my God, she's here sort of thing. So, you know, it's just the way that people perceive me before they get to know me. Well, I mean, if you were to do a horror-themed cosplay, you could turn on that intimidation and maybe you could... Oh, yes. (laughs) When I first did my Akoye, I apparently had a natural scowl that people thought was my actual face. I'm like, oh, God, no, this is not my actual face. (laughs) No, when when people look on your social media, your your Instagram, and what other platform, there is this other account you have, uh, because I I think that is interesting to pull up. And it even has the tagline, not for the faint of heart. I'm sure you probably know what I'm talking about. Not for the faint of heart. God, I've done too many cosplays. Which one was that? Woman, this is on your profile. This is a cosplay. I, oh, I know. Child free. You made this, didn't you? Oh, yes. oh God. It's just because of the fact that, yes, I am a cosplayer, but a lot of people feel that just because I am a cosplayer that I should have like one or two children. But to what? be honest, yeah, there's a long story behind that. So long story short, I had reached a point in my life where I decided to be child free and not have any children. I mean, my child is technically my niece, whom I love very very dearly. But there were a few events that led me to the child-free decision. Um, Mainly for the fact that, of course, if I were to have a child, I'd have to put all of my time and energy towards that child, and I'd have to quit cosplay. So a lot of my child-freeness has been played into a couple of the cosplays that I have done. Um, For example, Lady Death. From what I have read in comics so far, I haven't dove too, too much 
much into her origin story, but from what I have been told, Hope, before she is named as Lady Dev, actually does not have any children. So the 18 plus con that I actually wore that to, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so obviously there are not going to be any kids there, so I can wear this costume. If you actually research Lady Death up, she is a dissident of the Chaos comic series. She is dressed very scandalously, so I thought, okay, it's an 18 plus con, so it's a perfect cosplay to wear this too. So a lot of my child-free decisions have been made towards cosplay. It took a while for me to even come to that decision only for the fact that it was a very hard one. So long story short, the reason why I came to that decision was because of a bad previous relationship. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I don't want to be in a position where I end up with someone like the person I previously had. So that was one of the main reasons I chose not to have children. It is, for me, a very painful reminder of what I would have had to share with said person I previously had a relationship with. But it kind of grew from there. Um, You know, I was kind of, I didn't know how to feel about it at first, but then a lot of child-free pages started to follow me. A lot of child-free cosplayers started to follow me. That was another reason why my following actually grew a little bit more because a lot of people see that I am a well-versed person in different areas of, I guess, daily life. I would say I'm an essential worker. I'm a child-free person, cosplayer, bodybuilder, singing, singer. I do quite a lot of things. And it's because of the fact that I have had my child-free decision that I'm able to travel to these out-of-country cons, do all of these cosplays that I do end up doing at these conventions, I feel like um, I don't want to ding anybody who has a child. It's like I give them props for being able to cosplay and tend to their family at the same time. But I know for me on my end, if I were to have a child, I would have to put all of my time, money, and energy towards said child. But realistic case scenario, because I do not have said child, I can focus a lot more on myself. I can live for myself. I can live for my friends and family. I can have that extra time to prepare for the set cosplays I'm going to be doing in the future and all that stuff. I can geek out a lot more, play a lot of the video games. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit about the child-free portion of my so-called life, I guess I would say. Well, I will say I do know a lot of cosplay moms and who are able to work that sort of fine line. They are a cosplayer. They go to cons and they even bring their kids and dress them <laughs> up in costume. Yes. And they sort of, I mean, I mean, I don't think anybody should be forced to be in any relationship or any sort of situation they don't want to. Correct. I know there's that sort of shaming of like, oh my gosh, you're not married, you're a virgin, or you don't have a kid, you don't have this high paying or at least this high paying job or you're just getting by there's always that set standards of what is expectations in life and really i haven't even thought about dating at least not so much Uh right now because i'm just so focused on all this and i i figured there is a way maybe you could make all these things work but yeah i mean there you do have to kind of put that in consideration and that may or may not give allow you the time to be the person you want to be it's true 
it's very true. Um, the basically, um, how should I say it? Society deems us women basically as baby makers. So if you do not have a child, you are not a grown, full-fledged woman. If you're not married with children, you won't accomplish anything. It's basically what society views us females as, and I shouldn't say us females, us ladies. Um, when I was first looking into my operation to get sterilized, I got so much judgment from left, right, center. Um, it's just seeing how people act before and after you tell them that you do not want a child in any way, shape, or form. It's heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking at first. But now that I think about it, I laugh to myself because you always, you as a child-free person, you're always going to get that. You're going to change your mind. What if you meet the right one? You are not a full man or woman until you've had two or three children and X, Y, and Z. Who's going to take care of you when you're old? Who's going to mourn your death when you are gone? X, Y, and Z. So I guess I can say I am proof that someone can be happy without a child because a child is a very big responsibility. What people don't understand is that children are a very big responsibility. They don't really think about that and let it sink in until it actually hits them in the face. So I know a lot of people who are parents, but they regret up until this day that they have kids. They love their children, but they regret having them. Never have a child until you know that you are ready. Yes, it's it's just what society just puts us ladies in light of. And it's so bad because it's like, there are so many things that women can do with themselves. It's like, go finish college, go become a police officer, go skydive. I don't think you want to be a police officer in this day. Well, it depends on where you are. I mean, I've seen like two or three cases here in Canada of officers being a little rough with with citizens. But other than that, I've seen so far them being okay. It's just police brutality everywhere else that really scares the heck out of me. It's like, have make a goal for yourself. You know, make a bucket list. Do something with your life as to whether or not you have a child that is completely up to you but at the same time peer pressure shouldn't be one of the things that pressure you into having a child you have to live for yourself whether it be man or woman live for yourself make that decision when the time comes you want to have children great you don't want to have children great You have to make sure also as well that you love yourself before you give that love to anybody else, whether it be a boyfriend or a child that's coming into the world. But when you have a child, you should never regret this child coming into the world. I know for me, I would try to be a good mom if I were to have a child, but I know I wouldn't fully love the child. The last time I spoke on that with someone, they thought of me as some heartless person. And I told her, I may be heartless, but at least I'm honest. I would not want to bring a child onto planet Earth knowing that I'm not going to fully love this child. I most definitely would not.
not recommend bringing a child into the world knowing full well that you're not going to fully love this child. A child deserves to be nurtured, to be loved, to, you know, have you give all of this, you know, energy to. But at the same time, I can understand where parents are just like, oh, I need a little bit of time for myself and X, Y, and Z. So seeing children in cosplay, I also like that as well, because you get to see them turn into like this big time cosplayer and stuff. So just seeing all the aspects of cosplay from all views, it's it's quite interesting. Very interesting. No, I I like how or how you're addressing all this, and you bring up some great points. I think you know some people call you heartless. I think that if you are not going to give that child love, I think you shouldn't have to. Correct. Now, my only thing is this is not what I always see, but I see sometimes is that people look at those who do not have children as the strong woman. And I feel like that is setting off something that I don't believe is true because there are some strong, there's some amazing women out there and people I know who are moms. And <laughs> for them to have the choice of wanting a child, that I don't think that makes them below pe- women who decide, you know, I don't want to have a child. And then mm-hmm. the other thing is some of those uh, women tend to look down at younger generations like oh you kids you you don't get it and really and not just women men too but just like the older generations looking at the uh, down at the other generations like they're just a bunch of annoying kids they they don't really know they're 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 dumb and honestly i've recently i've been interviewing a lot of very young like people who are girls who are not even 21 years old and (laughs) they are hosting podcasts writing music actually getting paid to like as a job and also changing ways of the film industry like that that's why i just in a way i just dislike the whole film industry as it is because everyone's old filmmaking like hollywood every you know love the oscars and i'm like oh screw that i i told these kids who are running this film festival Screw every single person tells you, you gotta love the Academy Awards. You gotta love the old way of filmmaking, which kind of includes some racism brought into it. And I really tend to respect the younger generation sometimes even more than the older generations because they're seeing things that the older generations just don't want to admit or at least move on to. It's true. That's probably the exception I have for those who want to... Uh, just freely say man no kids for me <laughs> yes <laughs> i understand the people who want kids and the, the potential or the the type of person that kid will end up being before they even become an adult yes i agree it's like these kids they learn quick they learn really really quick especially from the influences around them this is why you as a parent, you have to make sure that you are setting that proper example for the child because this child will feed off of the energy. She or he will feed off of what you do. Children are learning really quick. They copy everything they see. They copy everything they hear. It's, 
it's a learning curve for a lot of parents from what I have seen and have been told. But a lot of the reasons why a child can grow up the wrong type of way is because of the influences around them. So the most that I can say is it's not easy being a parent. And it's like, obviously, I'm not saying this because I'm a parent myself, but I'm only saying it based on what I've been told via other parents and stuff. Parents go through trials and tribulations almost every day for their children. So it's like... Mother's Day and Father's Day, as another example, it's basically to honor thy father and mother, as it is said in church, because I grew up in church, you know, and all that. That's another aspect of, hey, you should have children and stuff. It's, it's also expected by the church as well. But long story short, if you want a child growing up being set by a good example, you have to make sure that you as the parents set that good example for them, or else they're basically going to grow up, basically doing what they see and saying what they hear. And it could range from anything. Yeah. How does your mom even feel about you and deciding not to have kids? (laughs) Um, Let's put it this way. The three first people in my family that I told that I was not having children were my dad, my sister, and my mom. Out of all three people, my mom was actually the most calm one. Oh, wow. Yes. My dad, he was just like, okay, leave your fallopian tubes alone. You'll meet someone who will have children. He basically gave me the whole spiel that everybody had pretty much given me when I started to feel comfortable enough to tell more people, hey, I'm not having children in X, Y, and Z. My sister, she was a little bit antsy about it because she herself is a mom and she has my niece and X, Y, and Z. So she also was not too happy about it. She also bombarded me with all the questions of, hey, what if you change your mind? And even if you do change your mind and have your operation to remove your innards, then you're going to have to go through pregnancy through IVF, XYZ. It's a specialized type of pregnancy ultrasound that uh, ladies do get. My mom, (laughs) because of the fact that I was born in Canada into a Jamaican family, Jamaicans are known to have very quick tempers. So... Me being the smart person, I decided to tell my mom in public in a mall. (laughs) So I basically told her, it's because my dad had said, have a chat with your mother. So I did. I told her in public. And she was just like, okay, as long as it's what you want and as long as you're happy. And it was the first time that I was ever actually so open with my mom like that saying, hey, I'm not having kids and I'm getting my tubes tied. So basically she was like, okay, as long as you're happy, this is what you want. And I obviously cannot stop you. So out of all three people who I told first in my family, my mom was the most calmest one. She now has, well, not now, she accepted a lot sooner. She accepted that I am a child-free person in the family. I mean, so far, I don't know about my other family members in Jamaica and Toronto and Edmonton and all that, but as far as I know, I am one of the child-free people in my family. And she surprisingly is okay with it. So knock on wood. <laughs> and she also said, uh, okay, run far away as possible before your dad finds out. Well, my dad actually Quick. was the first. Oh. Where, <laughs> where's Lisa? 
No, because the thing is, you know, growing up, I can truthfully say that me and my mom didn't really have the best mother-daughter relationship. We would, you know, growing up, we would be at each other's throats all the time, even around the points when I was that rebellious teenager, my way or the highway sort of such thing that like our relationship as mother and daughter was pretty bumpy. So... Of course, I would go crying to my dad all the time. Like, I'm a daddy's girl. So I would go crying to my dad all the time about all the times where me and my mom would have a fight. And I'm here saying, I want to move out so bad, X, Y, and Z. And my dad, because he is a church man and he is a believer, he would pray with me over the phone sometimes and calm me down because between me and my sister, I, I'm i the more emotional one. Well, I'm not as emotional as I used to be, but I used to cry a lot, sometimes for no reason. <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, one of the main reasons I told my dad first is because I come to him about most of everything, whether or not he finds it out first before I talk to him about it. But <laughs> I told my dad first and then I told my sister and then I told my mom. Right. So that was the reason why I told my dad first before I told the other two ladies. Right. Well, Miss, I, I enjoy talking to you. You're just a beautiful human with a lot to say. And, and you know what? I hope you do more mashups because I think with that, uh, that, that, that thing or that cosplay that may, or the cosplay that I found you from, it made me think, you know what, maybe that's what the Empire needs, because the Empire is so freaking dumb, and I just never get the whole love for this Empire that always screws up, that always wants power, and they spend no money on, on making their stormtroopers smart. So maybe and they just need to scream at the Jedi, go, Teach your stormtroopers to be better at aiming because they're always missing the target. And you're sitting here like, ah, so you aim that way, but the target's that way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where do people find you? <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know who hired you, buddy, but you're fired. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was some response. Uh, where do people find you? Seriously. Yeah. You well, that? Follow me on social media. <laughs> but yeah, surprisingly, they find me on social media. So I'm like, I don't know what rock you had to turn over to find me. But hey, here I am. <laughs> What's your handles? Um, I don't have a Facebook fan page, but everyone, you can find me on Instagram as Shogun Steel, S-H-O-G-U-N-S-T-E-E-L. You will not miss it. It will literally say, but Tosai Sama at the top. Okay. That's it. No TikTok, no Twitter, no nothing. I used to have a Twitter that started collecting dust in my phone. I deleted that eons ago. TikTok, I don't have, I'm not bored enough to download it yet. I'm curious, but I'm not bored enough to download it yet. One day, someday soon, but not today. <laughs> Patreon, Ko-Fi, only if it, no, uh, no, no. fans, no. Oh God, only fans. Uh, uh, no Ko-Fi, no Patreon. Um, yeah, nothing as of yet. I want to wait till my following gets a little bit uh, bigger. 
I used to have 10K, but then some people unfollowed me and I deleted the So it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. We'll most definitely see what happens. All right. This will be on Pond's Rest, which is available on all podcasting platforms of your choice. And Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it, Pandora and all that. Also, Facebook.com slash Pondspress, Instagram slash Pondspress, Twitter at ChasePond64. I also release video clips of some content, Instagram reels, and TikTok, both under Pondspress. Miss, you are a delight, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of this week and hopefully get back to cosplaying soon. I mean, hopefully you can get a day off or something if that will ever. <laughs> Luckily for me, I get my, excuse me, I get my Saturdays and Sundays off. It's usually okay. five days, right. but and Sundays are always my days off. Okay. All right. Well, until then, have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye.